0: Yeah, pretty excited about uh, diving into the next few minutes with uh, our good buddy, David Hodgson. Um, But maybe before uh, we dive in, maybe Sarah can put him on the spot and embarrass him a little bit by reading his bio.
1: Yeah, so here's here's David Hodgson's bio off of the uh, prospero.earth website. It says he is a network catalyst. David is a hyper connector, weaving together a purposeful innovation network focused on large-scale ecological regeneration. Uh, He launched The Regenerative Economy, an online community of around 1,500 thought leaders around three years ago, and has hosted numerous convenings, both virtual and physical, to catalyze the collaboration, leadership, and innovation necessary to address these issues. He's a fellow of the International Futures Forum and the Finance Innovation Lab, and he holds several patents related to social media. Very <laughs> appropriate to somebody so heavily connected as yourself. Hello, David.
2: Hello. That wasn't too embarrassing.
1: <laughs> good, good. Yeah, no, basically we, um, when whenever we randomly, it barely happens, but whenever we meet somebody who doesn't know David Hodgson. We say David is the most connected individual we have ever met. I I, I also make him laugh a lot, so he's going to giggle. a lot. For some reason, he finds me hilarious.
0: Yeah, so and David's been a great friend and advisor uh, to us for a number of years now, and yeah, finally excited to sit down with him for a bit. So welcome,
2: David. Thank you. That's good. (laughs) It's good to be here. I think that's the appropriate response, isn't it?
1: (laughs) So you've been uh, using your, basically, you have a natural ability to connect people. I think that's just your natural gift. And you've been using this gift to figure out how in the world we're going to get people together to reverse global warming, basically. Mm -hmm. And it seems that that has led you into large-scale regenerative landscape projects primarily. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. Yeah, no, I figured that uh, there's lots of people focusing on um, the built environment and clean energy. The, the land-based, nature-based solutions, as I believe some people uh, call it these days, was uh, somewhat uh, under underrepresented or not insufficiently focused on. Um, and given that you know climate change is only one of the one of the issues we face, <laughs> along with uh, <coughs> biodiversity loss and whatever else, uh, it seemed that um, regenerating land. Uh, As a general rule at a very large scale would be a a good thing that would have multiple benefits for for lots of uh lots of different people so
1: and for anyone who's just sort of hearing about regenerative landscape uh projects for the first time i'll give you my layman's uh understanding which is basically um if you follow the right biological processes with big patches of land you can sequester carbon into the land while also rebuilding the soil so you can have just healthier um, plants growing out of it. if you want to use that for farming or growing trees or uh, grazing cattle or you know any of the things that we can do to help raise food or just promote a healthy atmosphere, that kind of it?
2: Uh, yeah, it's pretty much it you know along with that it uh, also has a tendency. The more carbon you have in soil, um, the more water is retained in the soil. So you also end up um, thus with heavier rainfall, you absorb more water. And when there's uh, longer periods of drought, that also um, means that the, there's less impact on, the, on nature as a result. Because, you know, just, you just hold more water in the soil for longer. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, work, it works on multiple fronts.
1: Yeah, it basically hits the uh, crises crises that we're facing on um, overlapping Venn diagrams of levels. It seems like has the potential to have a really big impact.
2: Uh, yeah, that, that, was my, that was my realization. And then on top of that, if you look at some of the other um, sustainable development goals, too, it, uh, lots of the negative impacts on human poverty, uh, even issues of health, can be traced back to the, uh, yeah, kind of land degradation. As land become uh, yeah, as land turns into desert and becomes less productive, it means that there are more poor people, <laughs> basically, and you end up with, uh, uh, yeah, kind of, um, yeah, more, more disease spreading um, in some instances. So, yeah, it, it, it has multiple benefits to it.
1: And so, what is the biggest problem or roadblock in getting these projects off the
2: ground? Um, The biggest problem, well, so the ones that we're looking at, for instance, or one of the ones I'm looking at uh, with a partner of ours called Solidaridad, they're an international NGO. Uh, They're doing this project in Honduras uh, that covers basically a fifth of the country, and they're working with all the agricultural producers in that region um, to identify, you know, a a broad range of different types of, or a broad range of projects that need to occur uh, to achieve the kind of the regenerative goals. Um, And so, you know, you end up with some conservation uh, related activity, let's say some reforestation, um, new agroforestry uh systems um you need need to plant plant new uh coffee uh chocolate producing um trees as well as bioenergy systems inside existing processing facilities so you end up with this very broad range of activity that needs to get financed and figuring out and and because it's commodity much of it is commodity agriculture production in uh High, what are perceived to be very high-risk locations? Uh, it's really hard to finance that. Um, yeah, both because it's perceived to be high risk, uh, and thus yeah, and and it's low low return for the farmers. And then you, uh, and then it's such a broad spectrum of different types of projects. But it's very hard to find a single entity that's willing to finance all of that. So the costs involved in trying to find all the different um, partners who can be part of making that successful is is very time-consuming and very hard. So we're trying to figure out how to uh, fix the financing con- uh, conundrum for that.
1: And is that what you would sort of define Prospero as, is a, you know, an organization working to fix that problem?
2: Uh, yes. Well, uh, Prospero is... Good. Yeah, our goal is to fix as many of the different problems as exist uh, in making these kinds of projects successful. Finance, how to finance these things is the first one we've chosen to focus on because it appears to be the uh, biggest problem, but there are, but it's not the, but it's not the only problem. <laughs> but taking one at a time is probably a, a reasonable uh, way to approach this. So.
1: And it seems like, from the team that you've put together, it looks like these are people who are experts in various aspects of basically getting shit done. And so, uh, yes, you know, you're coming at it from a connector networking aspect. What are some of the things that that innate gift that you have been blessed with allows you to do for this team?
2: Uh, yeah, so you know we well we're coming at it very much from a you know our belief is that. Uh, we're not necessarily the people to fix it, but we know the people who, if we can get them all in a room together, um, can figure out how to fix it. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so, yeah, on the one hand, it's a, a bunch of people who like to, like you say, get people together in a room and and, and make them solve problems. Yeah. And then on the other side, it is the yeah identifying a disparate group of people who have the right Skill sets and knowledge to bring into the room in the first place to uh, to solve to solve this particular set of uh, challenges we're facing. Yeah,
1: seems like it's all about who you know.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's taken it's taken a while. I mean, as with many of these things, it's it takes a while to figure out who those the different kinds of people are that you need to solve a specific uh, challenge? Because there's so many nuances around all these things that, yeah, it, for most people, impact investing seems like a, a you know a unitary, let's say, for instance, a unitary thing where oh, we just need someone who's an impact investor. But underneath that, there's many sub, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit more nuanced than that, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, and I think that speaks to you know uh, one of the traits of having a determined mindset is the collaboration component to it. Being able to recognize the fact that you know we need a wide variety of people who all bring different skill sets to to the table, so that we can you know work on these big gnarly challenges together. Being able to, to connect the dots within certain individuals to create amazing teams, to break down silos and to reach over different industries or sectors. Um, you know we we. Sarah and I, you know, we believe, you know, solving for climate is going to take, you know, a bottom-up approach, a top-down approach from all levels, all angles. And, you know, that's, that's why we think collaboration is one of the, the best traits to have when um, developing a,
2: ter- a determined mindset. I Yeah, no, I would fully agree with that uh, statement. Uh, every time I bump into people who aren't that collaborative these days, I'm always just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it's pretty rare to,
2: to still find people that. Um, oh, if, if only that statement was true, Mark. <laughs> You're just hanging out with the right people, obviously. <laughs> hmm.
1: So let's say that I were a, um, you know, really passionate about this new regenerative way of agriculture. I had a piece of land somewhere. I just need, you know, to put together a team, to hire some folks, to get some resources. In the ground and to get this
2: thing started, where would I start? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's a good question. Um, it's yeah, uh, you know, in the uh, if, if we if we bound that within the U.S., though, of course, the, the perils of publishing on the internet mean that uh, hmm. there's a broader audience than just the U.S., but it, you know, it can be quite spe- yeah. That's a good question. There's, there's no clear. So, there's, there's the folks who do. Um, so, on the one side, it, it, yeah, if, if you've got pasture land uh, and you like cows or other hooved animals, then you should go yeah, yeah, investigate the Savory Institute um, and their holistic management stuff. And it's, it's more broadly applicable, than, it, it, it is more general than just cows, but you know, it's a good start. Uh, there's quite a lot of videos up on YouTube now. Well, actually, David McConville's map of um, regenerative projects around the world is a good place to start to understand kind of what the rain, what the potential is. Um, Just
1: Google David McConville's map of regenerative projects. I think I did do that Google search myself.
2: Yeah, it's probably linked from the, from the Fuller Institute website. I've a link. Yeah, yeah something like that should definitely uh, uh, show up but yeah you can you can figure out where that is cool. um, I think that's actually probably the best place to start and Daniel walls book actually as well on whatever Daniel's book is called which should be on my bookshelf somewhere but I can't see it right now <coughs> which is like designing regenerative cultures or something um, that's actually a really good synthesis of the potential of regenerative um land use uh yeah potential and it's less less about specific practices but yeah i'd start i'd start there um yeah
1: so if i were to start one of these projects we just call them projects would i go and look for um funding from a foundation and call myself a nonprofit, or would i go and you know call myself a startup and look for impact investment how would i approach this
2: um it is, uh, I've seen people do both. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the, uh, my, my preferred, uh, it may, yeah, <clears throat> some kind of impact investment model, potential, uh, from my perspective, makes more sense. Uh, and there's definitely, again, depending on where you are, there are impact investors who are looking um, for these kinds of initiatives, uh, especially around the carbon sequestration aspect of it. Uh, And because often there are, I mean, at least here in the U S people who are doing regenerative farming can have more end up with more profitable farms than uh, non-regenerative farming. So it actually, uh, yeah, it's uh, (laughs) a, (laughs) it's a better way it's a better way to farm in some ways Um, it's hard however uh, you know that's more for well it's hard to do let's say regenerative wheat farming at scale which otherwise would be heavily you know is a heavily large farms heavily mechanized blah 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 blah, but you can have large cattle regenerative cattle um, production that's easier to you know that's Easier. Lots of the regener lots of the regenerative uh, land management stuff I, I see is at a I guess kind of small holder or intermediate scale more than the really large um, producers. But yeah. Uh, and are, yeah, and then there yeah then there are some entities you know large funding financing entities such as farm, farmland LLP would be an interesting one to look at where they've been explicitly raising money. Uh, into a uh, into a fund that is then used to um, I think they actually buy up land and start to buy up conventionally managed land and then start to manage it in a more of a regenerative fashion. Hmm. Um, but then they're always looking for yeah if people yeah and there are other there are other finance entities like that particularly in the US that I, you know are are becoming quite interested in regenerative agriculture. And there's also a friend of mine down in Mexico, uh, who's yeah, she's she's persuading. You know, impact investing wasn't as far uh, wasn't as well developed in Mexico as it was in the US. So she's trying to leapfrog investors uh, in in Mexico directly into regenerative investing, uh, and yeah, bypass bypassing regular impact investing. Um, <clears throat> I have another friend in Europe who's looking at, uh, you know, is also trying to develop a whole field of regenerative uh, investing, uh, yeah, across Europe. So it's, uh, I'd I'd aim for impact investors more than I would uh, potentially aim for philanthropic entities.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome. So you can be a corporation and just uh, get some investment and start, start bringing in the money.
2: (laughs) That that is the possibility, yes. <laughs> it's obviously a little bit more complex than that, but yeah.
0: <laughs> um so yeah, maybe as we wrap up, uh, David, maybe you can just share with us maybe one of your most, you know, current challenges. What are you working on? That's you know, you're hitting a, a road bump or something. What what can we uh and the, the, the people listening, you know, maybe there's some ways that we can help or yeah, what's your most current challenge right now?
2: Um, my most current challenge yeah so I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always looking to ex- challenge um, I'm always looking to extend my uh, network of uh, folks who are working on this um, and particular, specifically right now I'm uh, hunting for yeah people, people with a good understanding of um, development finance and particularly blended finance in the international development uh, context. Uh, yeah. And for, for those who uh, don't know, um, blended finance is where you mix together uh, private capital with uh, public capital of some form, or public or philanthropic capital, so that the private capital is always seeking a certain rate of return. Many of these kinds of initiatives, or especially in the developing world where, uh, where I'm kind of focused on at the moment, require, ca- can't meet the rates of return for private investors. So you need to bring in other forms of money that can take away the risk for private investors. And the reason to blend it in that way is that there's not enough, you need, you need the private capital at the table because there's not enough of the other kinds of uh, money kicking around. But uh, yeah, you ha- you have to remove some of that risk in other ways. So yeah, so I'm looking for blended people who uh, would would like to solve people in the world of blended finance who would like to figure out how to solve the particularly uh, gnarly, uh, to use a good determined word, uh, challenges around financing this stuff.
1: Around financing regenerative landscape projects specifically.
2: Yes, in I mean Central America is one of the focal areas, but basically the global across the global south.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, these projects are things that we should fund. You know, they help us all, they're a good idea, they can only do good, mm-hmm. but that return on investment isn't necessarily financial, so you have to be a little creative. Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: Well, yeah, thanks, David, for hanging out with us and uh, sharing what you're working on. Uh, if you want to get more information, learn more about what David's up to, uh, check out prospero.earth we'll include that in the, the notes below uh anything else before we uh before you leave david want to share out or
2: uh no
1: and <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh,
0: no awesome well uh, yeah thanks for taking the time we know you're you're a busy guy and uh yeah we could i dive much deeper into this but uh yeah great chatting with you man
2: oh, yeah, yeah no, this was fun <laughs>